Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. And so our journey begins. Our long our long journey to Easter, 46-day journey, 40 days of some kind of fasting and homage to Jesus, 40 days of fasting in the wilderness and the six Sunday feasts. Lent is a season for prayer and fasting and for reflection and repentance. I know that for various reasons the word repentance can be off-putting. But repentance is not self-hatred. Repentance is reorientation. We get off. Sin is literally missing the mark. Hamartia, to miss the mark. To miss the mark of our high calling. What is our high calling? To be the sons and daughters of the living God. And as as to many as received him and believed on his name, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. That's our high calling, but we miss it. We miss the mark. And so we have a season where we particularly reflect upon how we can reorient our lives toward the high call and become who we were meant to be, become our true selves, become those sons and daughters of God. On this Ash Wednesday, we are witnessing the horror of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This has troubled me deeply. War is humanity at its very worst. Never does humanity miss the mark more than when it goes to war. War is demonic. War is where the sins of humanity explode exponentially. War is hell. And so we repent. We need to reorient our lives toward the ways of God. Not just as individuals though, but on behalf of all. It's one thing to say, well, I'll repent for my sins. Well, yes, we should do that. But there's another sense in which we own our collective humanity, each one of us. And there are moments for us to just to say, as much as I can, I repent on behalf of my brothers and sisters. Instead of accusing I want to repent on their behalf. 
And so on Ash Wednesday, as we begin this season, we have a, a prayer of repentance. I will lead you in this prayer of repentance and that I will pray the bulk of it, but there is portions of it. It'll be indicated on the screen. There are portions for you to participate in this prayer. So with humility of heart, let's come before the Lord now in prayer. Most holy and merciful Father, we confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own fault in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. We have been deaf to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. We confess to you, Lord, all our past unfaithfulness, the pride, hypocrisy, and impatience of our lives. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people. Our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves. Our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work. Our negligence in prayer and worship and our failure to commend the faith that is in us. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering and our indifference to injustice and cruelty, for all false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors, and for our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us. For our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Lord. Amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Now I want to pray for Ukraine and for Russia. Lord, I come to you with this congregation with a troubled heart Lord I see a great evil let loose in Europe 
And Lord, I pray against it. I pray the invasion would stall and cease. Oh God, you're the one that took the wheels off of the chariots of Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. Lord, stop the advance of those tanks and weapons of death. I pray that you would awaken Russian soldiers to what they're participating in and give them courage to stop. Yes, that would take enormous awakening and courage. But Lord, I pray it nevertheless. I pray that you would help Ukraine. I pray that you would protect that nation. I pray that you would hear their prayers. Hear the prayers of your praying people in Ukraine calling out to you. Hear their prayers, oh God. Save them. Lord, I pray for the Russian people who are now thrown into something they didn't choose. Life will be harder and harder for them too. I pray for my many friends in Russia. Help them to know what to do. I pray for those that are bold enough to engage in peace protests. It takes great courage. Bless those sons and daughters of yours, the blessed peacemakers. And I pray against that tyrant dictator, Vladimir Putin. I pray against him. Pray that he would be removed from power. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Break out the teeth of the wicked, O Lord. Blunt their capacity to inflict suffering and harm upon others. And now words fail me. I don't know how to pray. I won't presume to give you advice, God. But I do. Speak over Ukraine and Russia and pray, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen. On Ash Wednesday, I want to talk about leaning into the ashes. Lamentations chapter 4, verse 5. Those who ate delicacies are desolate in the streets. Those brought up in scarlet embrace ash heaps. Composed in the wake of Jerusalem's destruction, Lamentations is the Bible's most forlorn book. The poet describes those who have known peace and plenty and are now forced to embrace ash heaps. They're clinging to the only thing they have left, ashes. The fires of destruction brought upon them by Babylon, by Nebuchadnezzar, have reduced their lives, their hopes, their dreams to ashes. 
Such was the loss of the Jewish people 25 centuries ago, and it is what inspires that great lament that we know as Lamentations. That was 25 centuries ago. I want to move up to where we are now. From Lent 2020 to Lent 2022 has been a difficult two years. I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed it repeatedly. That this long pandemic and all the other things that have occurred during this time have distorted time. It's hard for me to remember when things happened from that moment to now. Whether they were a month ago, a year ago, two years ago. But we are coming up on two years now. It was during Lent in March of 2020 that we first entered into this thing called a pandemic. And along those, along our journey through that over these now two years, there's been a lot of loss. And we've lost in a lot of different ways. We've lost joys. How many of you sense that? Things that were just taken for granted as joys, we've lost them. We've lost many lives. We've lost lives of people in this church. Somewhere along the way, we lost civility. And now we've lost peace in Europe. Lent is the season for us to tell the truth about our loss and our own brokenness. Lent is the season for us to tell the truth about how we feel. Lent is the season for us to stop pretending that everything's all right when everything is not all right. Lent is the season for us to lean into the ashes and be honest with God about it. We need to tell the truth about our own loss and brokenness because as long as we live in denial about it, we delay our healing. During the season of Lent here at Word of Life, we're going to emphasize Jesus the healer. It's not a typical Lenten theme by any means. Typically what we do is, is focus on Jesus', Jesus journey to the cross. But in one sense we've been in a two year Lent. We've been in, in two years of imposed fasting, as it were, from some of these things that we call joys in life. And I think there is just enough woundedness and brokenness among us from all that we've passed through that we really need to emphasize Jesus as the healer. And so for the six Sundays, from this Sunday up to Palm Sunday, we will be looking at Jesus, the healer. 
Many have been through a long season of loss and they simply need Jesus to come to them as the healer. How many of you say, yeah, I'm one of them. I need some area of my life to be healed. All right, that's what we're going to move toward. When Jesus was ridiculed by the Pharisees for befriending sinners, and you know he was, Jesus befriended sinners and the Pharisees ridiculed him for it. One of Jesus' retorts was, well, they're sick and they need a physician. And that's what Jesus is. He's our friend physician. Do we have any sinners here tonight? Yeah. I got good news for you. Jesus wants to befriend you. Not condemn you. He wants to befriend you. He's a friend of sinners. But he's not just a friend. He's also a physician. He wants to befriend you, but he wants to heal you. Jesus is the healer who can cure our wounded soul. But first we have to admit our need. To go into the ashes is the perfect place to wait for Jesus to come and be our healer. Psalm 113, verse 7. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. You have heard it said, God helps those who help themselves. But I say unto you, God helps the helpless and lets the rest help themselves. We are saved when we call upon the name of the Lord and we call upon the name of the Lord when we know we can't save ourselves. To go into the ashes is to settle into the place where Jesus will come and lift you up. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. Grace flows downhill. Find the low place of your need and poverty and wait there. When we go into the ashes and wait in the place of loss, we admit that we need God. It's such a simple statement, but we need God. We need God. Anybody here need God? Yeah. Man, you're halfway home when you just recognize I need God and you say it. I need God. Frederick Nietzsche mocked the idea that we need God. He said to say that you need God is shameful weakness. And he imagined his ubermensch as one who needed no one, certainly not God. He was self-reliant. He could stride through the earth like a colossus. He turned out to be a Nazi. Yeah, Frederick Nietzsche mocked the idea that we need God as shameful weakness, but Soren Kierkegaard, Nietzsche's believing twin, (laughs) knew better. Kierkegaard said this, To need God is nothing to be ashamed of, but is perfection itself. 
I love that. I love the K-man. To need God is nothing to be ashamed of. It is perfection itself. To know that you need God and say it is perfection. I think he's riffing off of what Paul says. When Jesus told him, my grace is made perfect in weakness. Kierkegaard knew that nothing was sadder than to live out your life and never discover your need. That's no way to live. To go through life and never really discover what you need. To admit that we need God. That's what we need. We need God. Somebody say we need God. To admit that we need God is the beginning of our salvation because he raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. The prophet Isaiah said that the spirit anointed Messiah comes to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Every artist has their medium. You know, the artist has an artistic soul, but they need a medium to create their art. Some work with stone, some work with paint. Some work with clay, some work with music, some work with words. Jesus is the artist whose medium is the ashes of your broken life. Scoop them up, embrace them, pick them up, hold them, embrace your ashes and come to Jesus and say, this is all I got. And then hear Jesus say, I can work with that. Yeah. You may not know this, but that's what I work with. I, I work in ashes. And what I do is I make beautiful things out of ashes. Just give me your ashes. Don't hide your ashes, Jesus says. Don't hide your ashes from me. Don't sweep your ashes under the rug. Gather them up. Bring them. Embrace them. Lean into them. Hold them. And bring them to me. That is the ashes of your loss, your brokenness. And Jesus says, I'll make something beautiful out of it. To embrace your ashes in the hope that Jesus can make something beautiful out of them is really what it means to believe in Jesus. So I invite you, believe in Jesus. I invite you to have your ashes of your brokenness, not hidden, but entered into and embraced, and then believe in Jesus that he can take them and make something beautiful. Amen. Yeah. Amen. To go into the ashes is to admit that we are helpless and we need God to save us. And our ultimate helplessness is our mortality. We cannot save ourselves from death. Did you know that? You can work out, it's probably a good idea. You can eat healthy, probably a good idea. You can get all the medical treatment that you need, go for it. Won't save you from mortality though, you'll still die. Our ultimate helplessness is our mortality. 
On Ash Wednesday, we acknowledge that. On Ash Wednesday, we wear an ashen cross to declare that we know our fate. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. But on Ash Wednesday, it's, it's not an ashen smudge that we wear. It's an ashen cross. Through the cross, Christ has entered into death and defeated death. I've got these icons. These are our friend. We'll call her our friend. Ivanka Demchuk of Lviv, Ukraine. She comes from an entire school of young, modern, sacred artists creating these kinds of works. Maybe that gives you a connection. These beautiful young artists creating this kind of sacred art. Now their life is turned upside down. Their life is even imperiled. But on this one here, this is the harrowing, the distressing of hell. This is, this is Jesus descending into death. You can't save yourself from death. You go down into death, you're helpless unless somebody comes to help you. And that's Jesus. I mean, what, once you go down into death, you are utterly helpless unless someone comes to help you. We need God. And that's exactly what happens. It's an Asian cross because by the cross, Christ entered into death to help all those who are held captive by death and to save them, to rescue them, to bring them out. On the altar tonight, we have three sacramental elements. We have the bread and the wine, but we also have, we have the ashes. Ash Wednesday is radical. We, we sons and daughters of modernity that we are, oh, we whistle past the graveyard. We pretend that somehow we'll get out of this alive. We keep death as far away as we can. We don't want to see it. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to hear about it. But it's there. For all of our ignoring of it, it doesn't change one thing about it. And that was, that's what makes Ash Wednesday so radical because on Ash Wednesday, we literally, literally get in your face about death. Literally. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Which is a poetic way of saying, remember, you're going to die. It's jarring. Remember, you're going to die. But that's not all we're going to say to you tonight. You're going to come down here in a minute. And someone will have ashes, and they will impose them upon your forehead with the jarring words, remember your dust and to dust you shall return. But no sooner will those words be spoken to you, someone else will say something else. They will say, 
the body of Christ broken for you. And another person will say, the blood of Christ shed for you. And Jesus said, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. So we tell you the truth, you're gonna die. But we tell you the good news, Jesus has conquered death. Amen. Stand up with me. Join with me in, first of all, confessing our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and repentance, that we may remember that it is only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Come to the table of the Lord.